What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Martial Media Montage, episode 116, where I sit down with my buddy Mark. I haven't seen him probably since summer. I'm glad we uh, reconnected and we were able to sit down and talk music for about an hour and a half. The uh, history of trends in terms of any type of genre insert here from pretty much the jazz era flappers, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and till relatively today, uh, radio saturation, overplayed, underplayed, um, <clears throat> the influence of the uh, teen idol, no matter what era, as well as a lack of new bands. So we went over four different topics, took about an hour and a half to get through uh, a couple tangents here and there, not necessarily too much. We were actually pretty much on the ball with this one, and I'm glad we were able to focus on what we wanted to discuss and convey. And I have a little bit of music in the background through 50s, 80s, 90s, and a little bit of uh, today's music as well. But here it is, episode 116. Thank you again, Mark, and uh, thank you for my audience for listening to this. Let's go. All right, what's going on, everybody? I got uh, Mark here with uh, episode 116, and we have a couple different topics of music we are going to discuss, uh, one being a history of trends. Why do you think you brought that up? What did you want to uh, convey about that? Um, I'm just fascinated with um, the, the trends of, of the rock and roll industry and the progression of it. Um, uh, the, the simple fact that, that a, a band or an artist can come along and just clean everybody's clocks very and true. just, it's a total reset, you mm-hmm. know, of the industry, and, and there's a big scramble yeah. uh, when that happens, and I've always found that very interesting, because it propels the art form, Yeah, you know, um, and it's just a fascination for me. No, absolutely, and I feel like in terms of uh, trends, I would even start, because like, I know you were mentioning the 50s, I would say that's probably where it, like, really maybe calculated towards the American culture. And they were like, yo, this is a big deal. We're going to continue with this and see what happens from here. But I would argue that I think it came even like the 1920s, like jazz flapper era. Well, there's, there's a lot of components that go into, to the beginnings of rock and roll. Sure. Jazz is a factor. Huge influence. So is uh, Texas big band. Yeah. uh, Uh, Bill Wills. Bill Wills and the Texas Playboys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Who I met. He was really. You met him in person. Oh shit. Uh, I met when I was growing up, our, neighbor uh the mother uh and the family was the niece his niece okay and he came to visit them once that's so cool yeah big imposing guy i think i have one of his uh records as well as uh remember like sons of the pioneers yes yes yeah yeah Yeah. Um, nobody talks about this stuff but but so you know that's a component Mm -hmm. um because it it bleeds into rockabilly which is kind of of course you know one of the one of the Roots of, of rock. And oh, yeah, roll. absolutely. Uh, I think rockabilly might actually be considered a, a, the forerunner to yeah. rock and roll yeah. to I, a certain extent. Yeah, even uh, I would probably incorporate uh, surf music, but probably that didn't really come out to maybe a decade later. Yeah, that was there. that was brought about by mm-hmm. the Beach Boys and Jan right. and Dean and, I feel and like stuff like that. Obviously, well, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I was going to say psychobilly, I think, is really like surf, punk, and rock. It's like it's, all it's of it. It's an amalgam, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Is. Yeah, but... Um, in terms of what we were saying, like 20s, obviously jazz and so forth, and then even since we were going to be talking about the 50s, I would even say like uh, perhaps maybe even like Marty Robbins, kind of like love Marty. Yeah, Robbins. I do too, man. Yeah. I, I like I love the Man in Black too, Johnny Cash, but I think I'm a bigger I, fan of him. Uh, Marty Robbins of Johnny Cash. Okay, to each their yeah. own, right? Yeah. For sure, I, I can definitely see where people are coming from. I think I'm more of a Marty Robbins fan personally. I do love Johnny Cash though, absolutely. He's like the punk rock outlaw. He's like the only one that was able to achieve yeah. that. You right. know? And I didn't really consider him. Or, or, or ponder him as a rock guy until I heard the song Rock Island Line Fair. Yeah. Uh, by Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. And that's when yeah. I realized this guy actually yeah. s- started. Mm-hmm. He was a contemporary of Elvis yeah. and, and Jerry Lee Lewis. They were yeah. all on Sun Records. Yeah. And, and that was his original 
foray into music was was sort of rock and roll rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. And but he covered so much. Oh yeah, gospel yeah. and yeah, he did. Yeah, and I mean, obviously Elvis followed suit and became a lot larger. I think probably because of the way that he also looked as well. But I would also yeah. argue that I would say Johnny Cash too, in his younger years, was a handsome man, but obviously didn't age that well. Right. You know. Yeah. And right. I, you could say the same thing about Elvis, but the, he was still. All those I don't guys, know what it all, was. All the pills. <clears throat> you know, Pardon I think me, all the pills. Those the, guys were popping. There was just that charisma that, for some reason, Elvis had compared to you know Johnny Cash. Well, he was he was. You know, he was a much better looking man. Mm -hmm. And he was a little younger, I think, possibly, than, than Cash was. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I'd say at least a decade. And he also no. had the jump on Cash. Cash came yeah. after mm -hmm. um, That's true. Presley, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just, I mean, even like from that era, let's just say the 50s too, uh, Chuck Berry, I think he gets notoriety now, but I don't feel like he had it as much at the time. That's just my opinion, of course. He's a fascinating guy. Um, I, I would refer anybody that's listening to this podcast that wants to check out a little bit more about mm -hmm. about it. Uh, the film Cadillac Records okay, cool. is, is a really good um, film. It's it's about uh, chess and chess records. Okay. And um, Chuck Berry was on chess nice. originally, and okay. uh, and so he was he was recording in the same studio on the, for the same label as like Howling Wolf and Muddy Waters. And Over stuff like that. Okay. Um, but he was genuinely rockabilly rock and roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I would and, say he and, arguably yeah. started it. Yeah. In yeah. a way. He was a very interesting guy. Yeah. And, and kudos to him. Because when did, uh, I had me thinking, like, when did, like, Link Ray come out? Oh, gosh. Link Ray, uh, you know, I don't know a huge amount about him. Because um, I would say he, like, started distortion and all that. Yeah. You know? the, yeah. That's a fair statement. Yeah. Yeah. For so sure. cool. Yeah. That, and that's another thing about, about, the progression of rock and roll sure. is, is, you know, the simple level of distortion on the guitar is is is, is a genre changer, mm -hmm. you know, because the chords are the same, yeah, the notes are the same, yeah, you know what I mean. It doesn't matter if if it's Hendrix or Presley or whoever, sure. you know, it's it's all about speed and distortion mm -hmm. level, you know. Because what yeah. else was it? Mean? Obviously, in the fifties too, there was a uh, Bob Dylan, of course, and then sixties. Uh, sixties, you think? Was it okay? What Bob the, Dylan was the Free Berlin? The album was what the first one. His, his all his folk music was it was like in the very early. Was 60s. it okay? Yeah. All right, mm -hmm. then yeah, that means that's probably same with like what Peter Paul and Mary, and then uh, Simon and Garfunkel and all that too. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right, I'm jumping. I'm the guessing. Gun here. I, I would have to. Yeah. I would have to guess that that Simon and Garfunkel really popularized that. Uh, the double uh, double harmony too. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they they sort of brought it more into the pop realm. Yeah, um, they, yeah. They, they they took it from the folk mm -hmm. realm and, and brought it into pop. I could agree with that. Yeah, because I mean, even fifties, there was also a lot of uh, shit. Was the was the Dillards maybe like fifties sixties? Because the Dillards was they remember they were they uh, were the precursor to the Birds, right? Well, Dillard's was, uh, remember the band that they were called the Darlings that was on the Andy Griffith show? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that, yeah, there was probably a decent amount of bluegrass too. And that's also rooted, I think, in a sense, in uh, rockabilly in its own kind of right. Maybe in terms of like uh, lyricism, perhaps, mm -hmm. um, drinking and so forth, you know, right. but that just comes with the folk music though too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, relevance there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say maybe... That might have been 60s, because when did fucking Andy Griffith come out? It was the uh, 60s. 60s? Okay, yeah. so once again, I'm jumping the gun here. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll just jump ahead to the 60s here <laughs> with no intention. But I mean, I did kind of start with uh, Bob Dylan. And whatnot. I, I really love uh, Bob Dylan. I, I mean, not so much. 
No, really? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. You know, some of it, but yeah, not so much. Okay. Those 60s music oldies. We'll change it up a little bit once we're talking about it. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you know, the 50s was, was um, yeah, it, 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 it changed the face of music, of nice. modern music and pop music in general. Yeah. Because you went from guys like, you know, big band orchestra guys, mm-hmm. you know, Artie Shaw and Glenn Miller and mm-hmm. those guys. Um, yeah. Into, um... Oh, shit. I just realized. Sorry. Uh, what? We, we forgot. Uh, what? Roy Orbison. Or was that 60s? No, too? that was... Roy Orbison was the 50s for sure. Hell yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Chubby Checker? Uh, no, that's 60s. Damn it. But, but Roy Orbison might have been on Sun as well. I, I, mm. I don't want you to... You know, no, no, you're good. I just that, figured you... But, but I do know that he yeah. was... He was definitely... I just figured uh, you had a little more wisdom than I did. Late 50s, I'm, I'm certain. Yeah, I like uh, Chubby Checker. Mm-hmm. That stuff's cool. And uh, Roy Orbison, for sure, yeah. Because they did, what, the uh, Traveling Wilburys? That was, like, what, 80s, I think? That was 80s. Yeah. Uh, or, or possibly early... Not- well, when did Harrison pass away? Fuck, I think 80s, dude. I think he passed away in the, in the 90s. Was it early 90s? I, yeah. I think it was okay. somewhere in the 90s. Okay. Yeah, because it was, uh, what? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um... So in terms of history of trends, I was saying like, even for example, like clothes, obviously 50s, they were still like suit and tie. And then I feel like in the 60s and the skinny ties came out. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously the lingo, it just, I really feel like just the whole like Woodstock obviously was just a huge just movement and just everything in terms of trends. Uh, And then obviously like you were about to say, like the British invasion, for example, I feel like that would probably at least have started that, implemented the whole, like, all right, we're just going to change everything forever. Yeah, that was that was a game changer. The yeah. Beatles really just mm-hmm. did clean everybody's clocks when mm-hmm. it comes to, like, the Teen Idol movement, mm-hmm. you know, Dion and the Belmonts, yeah. Belmonts and, and uh, bands like that, or, or groups like that. Because there were still a lot of Motown, they, they, were, they were mostly vocalists, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And they had hired gun musicians. They were not writing and creating their own material yeah. like the Beatles eventually did. Um, so yeah, the Beatles kind of basically just cleaned the slate and said, this is, this is the reset. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's incredible too, that the fact that it was mostly like covers, like Little Richard and whatnot. They yeah. When they started especially, out. Yeah. Especially their Reaper Bond, uh, period in mm-hmm. Hamburg when they were playing like, you know, six nights <clears throat> or six days a week, some, and, and like twice on Saturday and Sunday, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. They, that's how they got so tight right. and so skilled. It was know? such a interesting time too, because there were still obviously... There was folk music, which we're listening to right now. Then there was mm-hmm. obviously the Beatles, mm-hmm. early rock and roll. And then there was clearly surf music at the time. Mm-hmm. And Motown was still like relatively. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I didn't huge. want to exclude Motown either okay. because even though it is you know, considered R&B yeah. and soul, mm-hmm. so much of that got played on top 40 music. Oh, yeah. You can't disregard Motown. It's, yeah. it's you know, I, it's, I was raised on Motown. Right. And so. I miss that too. We'll get into the radio saturation topic in a little bit. But I was mm-hmm. going to say uh, that was. A big thing that I loved about out here, uh, K-Earth 101, used to be mostly Motown. I'd say at least maybe 10, 15 years ago, like, mm-hmm. that's all it was. It was and then now Motown. it's mostly, like, 80s pop, like, you know, right. Yaz and uh, New Wave I or whatever. I, I like Yaz, too. I, I'm not hating it. It's yeah. just when I turned it on, I was like, I wanted to hear Motown, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was right. like, oh, this isn't Aretha Franklin or whatever. Right, Fine, right, whatever. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, if I want to listen to that, I guess that's what Spotify's for, but... right. Um, linguistics, yeah, I mean, totally like, you know, groovy and cool. I don't know if cool was before. Like, I actually had this ta- or conversation with my dad. I was just curious. Because um, I feel like in terms of linguistics, uh, obviously with trends of music, I feel like cool 
is one of those things that has just stayed. Like everybody still uses it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like cool is still has yeah, the same meaning. People it still say it. And, yeah. And yeah, correct. Yeah. Or uh, they would use it in like a negative connotation to like, hey, cool it. Like you don't really hear that that much anymore. No. It, but, it, but it is still retained. Yeah. Its like original... as a positive. Like oh, that's cool. Right, yeah. Like yeah. you know. But but even it's like, interesting. But yeah, words like you know, boss. Oh, that's boss. Yeah. You know, that's like. Yeah, you, do, you know, when was the last time you heard somebody use that in a conversation? <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. But uh, no, and like uh, in terms of like uh, when I was a kid, I remember you know obviously my dad being like LAPD. Like I'd be like, oh dude, that's dope. And my dad would always say like, oh, no, no, only no. he'd be like, only dopes do dope. Like yeah, and right. I get it. One of the struggles I, I came across using that word uh -huh. was it took me a long time to to just you know get used to the fact that that dope no longer means marijuana. Yeah. As a marijuana advocate, I used the word dope a lot. And sure. then at some point it became... Yeah. Uh, Way of saying cool. No. Well, yes, yeah. that too. But, yeah. it, but, but in drug references, it, it became meth and heroin and stuff. You know what I mean? And, and so when I would use, yeah, I smoke dope, people would be like, you know, give me that look. It was just oh, very okay. severe. And I had to learn think... the hard way that it's it Ugh. no longer means marijuana. Well, I guess know? for me, like... Just from what I heard growing up in LA, I guess like uh, meth, we always just said tweak. Yeah, um, yeah. And I guess heroin, it was usually like dirt, you know. Yeah. But then again, obviously I've never used either one of them. Yeah. I have no intentions to. Yeah. Uh, hairstyles, obviously the 50s, for example, it was still clean cut, whether it be to the side, part of the middle. Slick yeah, the pompadour came yeah. along in the 50s. Pompadour was so cool. Yeah. Or hard to do. That's I mean, then again, my hair is like, I know my hair is so thin as it is. And then I was going to say uh, in terms of like advertising, like, you know, you probably see like billboards and it was all like kind of like modeled after I feel like how like old like cigarette ads or like ha yeah. like the way that everything like looked like they're just yeah. so happy you know and then right. I don't know how it was in the 60s I would probably say a little more edgy and then obviously 70s more edgy and so forth right. but uh in terms of advertising history of trends and music I mean even like movies in the 50s there was the Elvis movies uh yeah. then in the 60s there Black was Blackboard Jungle sure in the 50s. you know I mean and then there was a lot of war movies too I mean obviously with like uh John Wayne and so forth it was just a big uh, well, I don't know if there was really that much music in there. That's kind of off topic, but uh, I guess it was just a different time. Then clearly the '60s hit, and then there was uh, well, because what fucking Clockwork Orange? That was '71. Yes. Um, and '60s. I'm trying to think of like a musical influence movie. Well, I mean, I guess they. Well, the Beatles had their film. Sure, they did, and then they also videotaped Woodstock as well. So I, mean, yeah, I, I have yeah. that too, which uh, is really cool to watch. It's right. Just interesting. Um. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, obviously clothes just changed in the 60s. Things right. were, like, you know, tie-dye. And then, obviously, I would say, well, Bill Bottom's more of a 70s thing, huh? No, it was 60s. 60s, yeah. Maybe not as prevalent, perhaps, but... It, it began in the, began, in, in okay. the late 60s. And, and then it was part of that whole... Um, Canadian tuxedos, too, I would say, probably started. Tuxedos? The Canadian tuxedos. Oh! De denim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, I, I, I distinctly remember, as a very young boy like kind of tripping out on, on clothes uh, that, that people were wearing in the 60s. Um, I was very young when The Monkees was, was an active TV show. Was, was America's Answer to the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and yeah, they were all wearing um, flared, flare yeah. bottom pants, yeah. stripes, loud colors, things like that. Um, and of course, Hendrix was wearing the ruffled poet shirts and, I know, and yeah. the, the crushed velvet jackets, yeah. and, and sometimes with uh, with epaulets and stuff on it. You know, and I feel like he really influenced the way that maybe like Steven Tyler, you know, dressed per, for example. For sure. And obviously, I feel like Axel kind of took over with 
yeah. but I'm not really a GNR fan. That's down the road anyway. I, I, they're highly overrated. In I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. Like Slash's guitar playing is incredible, but I mean that's about the extent I really give him. I love uh, Aerosmith. I, I, he's completely competent. Yeah. Uh, he's not my favorite. Yeah. He has really good taste in music. Every time I've ever heard him discuss his roots, yeah. I'm totally on board with what he was listening to. Um, I just don't. I just think he's a little overrated. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, shoot, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would even incorporate the fact that I feel like Jimmy also, you know, set a fire under perhaps like the Beatles was like Sgt. Pepper the way that they dressed and all yeah, that. You know, yeah. even like uh, in some regard, maybe like the Stones. You know, like pretty much everybody. They were like, oh, that's cool. Like one of the fascinating things about about '60s music, uh, the the Beatles and the Beach Boys. Really loved each other's music, and mm -hmm. it really drove them both. They they were, they were trying to outdo each other. Yeah. They were literally trying to outdo each other. So cool. And, and that propelled the progress, the progression of, of of music. Just you, you can't you can't undersell that, you know, or dismiss no. it. And then, for example, if we're still doing the '60s too, even like near the end too, in terms of a uh, history of trends too. I mean, there was. Obviously, what like the Who, which is arguably like one of the earliest like punk bands, which right. I want to say we've talked before. Obviously, right. the Kinks with yeah. uh, what Louie Louie and all that, which yeah, yeah. is mm -hmm. probably considered one of the first punk songs. Period. Next to like my generation, the Who. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was Love at the time, the Monks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, what sixty nine or sixty eight might have been fucking um, Black Sabbath self titled. It might have been seventy. I'm not sure. I I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it was Black either Sabbath. it was late sixties yeah. or, or 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 at least nineteen seventy yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, being raised a good Mormon boy, I I, I came aboard mm -hmm. uh, with Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, and the Doors bands like that. Um, yeah, because as an adult, yeah. I, mean, I didn't listen to them at all as a child. Because was Zeppelin one sixty nine maybe? I'm not I, sure. I believe it will, it's either sixty eight or sixty nine mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they're also and, and Paige. You yeah, know, yeah. As, as a well, he the Yardbirds too before that. Which, he, yeah. he was a, a a professional musician at sixteen, fifteen or sixteen. He was a studio. He was a stu hired <clears throat> studio cat. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean that guy's pedigree is insane. Because then there was also what Blue Cheer too at that yeah, time. Which, yeah, well, I feel like they're very they're, not really spoken about. And like Summertime every... Blues is is, is uh -huh. proto punk. I yeah, think. yeah. I, I would put yeah. that in proto punk. I could agree with that. Um, as well as uh. I want to say Budgie came out probably seventies. I do uh, not listen to much Budgie, oh man, but, but it's they like were savage. huge. In, they were yeah. huge in England yep. and Europe. Yeah, they they tried really hard. I was just reading an mm -hmm. article on them. They tried really hard to to break the American market. Yeah, and when they really focused on that, it sort of damaged their career overall, I including I in it. England. I believe it. Um, so. 60s is such a different time, like especially this this song toss and turn. I mean, it's oh, such yeah. a it's it's just such a different era like so many different things came together it's almost like you know 30 years prior to trl for example and mm -hmm. i've had discussions with this i'll probably save that topic for another one with my buddy but i mean like it was a big deal like you know coming home from like junior high and high school and like i can watch like eminem or dr dre videos and yeah. then the next video was like limp biscuit or slipknot right like it was the only i feel like time uh, at least in terms of it being broadcasted on tv right because obviously we had radio for example right like what i'm just saying for right now like you had everything mm -hmm. but seeing that like you're like oh dude there's a new metallica video oh there's you know dr right. dre video i'm right. like what the hell like right. i don't really feel like you see that everything's kind of polarized now right for, you know mtv 
rescued the music industry. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people mm -hmm. really realize that. Um, it was it was a big topic when it first came out. Yeah. The simple fact that, that record sales were coming back because with the advent of, of video games and arcades, yeah. kids were spending their money there instead of on vinyl. Yeah. And and it was really starting to damage sales. Yeah. And uh, MTV sort of revitalized, revitalized it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we can go into uh, 70s now and that's there was a lot going on there too and like you know, obviously newer uh, musical uh, antics were taking well, the advent the advent of progressive rock yeah, yeah. started in the late 60s yeah um, there, there's a there's a lot of speculation I'm a huge prog guy I know you are um, <laughs> there's there, there's there's a lot of talk and speculation over what is the first progressive rock album because they were all basically recording them at the same time you had yeah. Floyd the Beatles and the Moody Blues recording uh, albums that, that are deemed the, the first progressive albums. And they all came out within like months of each other. Because like Dark Side really, was 72, I think. 72 or 73, yeah. I want I think 73, I want to say. Um, yeah. But yeah, then, I mean, there's, there's yeah. the Search for the Lost Chord uh, and um, Gates of Delirium. Um, yeah, and Peppers, I don't listen you know? to that much of uh, Moody Blues. I know of them, but yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. And it's okay. I have friends that, that might listen to this at some point that that'll you know <laughs> tell you otherwise. Want to cru crucify me, <laughs> Cruci for blasphemy. Yeah, but I'm not. A, I'm not a huge Moody Blues. Fan. Nah, it's all right. Like you know, yeah, nice and white fine. satin. Yeah, I don't. I don't seek it out. Uh, that's correct. That's Same with the, like if Cream's on them. I don't really go out of my way. I like Cream, but I don't go out of my way. I'm a big Clapton fan. Okay. I like Cream. I do like I like Clapton. Derek and the Dominoes. Yeah. I mm -hmm. like the Yardbirds. Yeah, um, Yardbirds cool. And, and, yeah. Uh, and then Clapton's solo work. Yeah. Um, shit. Oh, we forgot to mention from the 62, Neil Young, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole, well, the, the whole LA movement yeah. in general. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, absolutely. The Birds, Buffalo Springfield. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, the, this, but the the LA sound is actually more of a '70s thing, but it began in the late '60s. But th that's another topic. Right, that's another subgenre too, is the, the California sound. Um, in terms of a, yeah, I guess Elton John was '70s, huh? Yes, he was. I would have thought maybe, at least maybe late like '68, '69 or something. But yeah, I if I recall correctly, he he actually um, was a hired gun guy. Until he went solo. Okay. He was. I, he was. A high, I, I know he had. He he worked with T Rex. Okay. I know T Rex. And, yeah. And, okay. and a few other bands. Um, um, he was just a hired gun guy, not a permanent member of. Because in terms of like history of trends, I mean, clothes. Yeah, they changed. I mean, there was more bell bottoms. There was clearly more disco stuff. And then obviously, late seventies, there was the whole punk things where t shirts were ripped up and. Right. They say fuck this on them or all that. Right. They kind of just made their own clothes. It was a whole DIY kind of thing. I think and obviously the studs and. The hair and linguistics. That, a lot of that had to do with Vivian Westwood and Michael mm -hmm. McLaren as far as like the fashion of punk. Sure. You know, um, I would even incorporate, uh, well, Penelope Spheris' documentaries, I don't think they came out to the 80s, so maybe right. not. But I would say that was probably an influence for sure, but that's yeah. later on. Um, and then obviously, what, Taxi Driver, I would say too, probably, you know, behind the Mohawk with Robert De Niro yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because that was for like 77 sure. or something. 75. Was it really that old? I believe it's Damn, 75. Okay. Yeah. okay. And As a matter of fact, well, you know, what's that Clash song off of Combat Rock? Um, Should I say where, he, where, where they, no, they, they reference Travis Bickle 
I am honestly not really that big of a Clash fan. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. I love punk, but I do not like the Clash. I yeah, think they, I... they reference Taxi Driver. Okay. Uh, and, and one of the songs on Combat Rock, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. And I guess in terms of classic punk, I mean, I love The Damned. Uh, I do the enjoy Souls for D. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of theirs as well. I got yeah. to see them. Um, social D, nice. They're no, coming. not Social D. The oh, okay. Oh, nice. Okay. And I, but I do like Social D. Yeah. Yeah, it's rockabilly punk, but I mean, it, you know, a- anyway. Uh, 70s clothes, yeah, it was definitely a major change. Linguistics, uh, I would say they probably added certain things because, I mean, there was a lot of, uh, in terms of history of trends with music, I would say, because there was obviously the grind exploitation films, there was a lot more uh, gruesome horror, and I feel like that really expanded er, upon that. Because obviously 60s horror was still more like, thriller suspense with mm-hmm. uh, obviously like Peeping Tom and uh, Psycho and so forth right um, uh, Rosemary's Baby which I fucking love that movie I think it's a fantastic right. film I love Roman Polanski movies um, uh, uh, obviously hairstyles people were growing out hair they were obviously growing them out in the 60s as well but I mean yeah. it was a little more I don't know I guess just out of whack in terms of uh, the 70s I mean there was definitely different advertising there was a lot more uh, different like TV shows there was different cartoons like so it definitely exemplified a different era of music as well. Right. But I feel like you don't really feel that particular era, whether it be 60s, 70s, whatever. I feel like until that era is like midway through. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, like, yeah. I don't really feel like you realize like, oh, shoot, it's already been five years until you realize like things have changed in the last five years. You know, that's because things really were changing quite mm-hmm. a bit. Look at television, you know, in the 50s and early 60s, yeah. even into the mid 60s, I think. You could not show a husband and wife laying in bed together talking. Uh, they could not, be in, the, they could not yeah. be in the same bed, yeah. you know? Uh, and, and how provincial is that? Yeah. Right? Because I don't think... Yeah, because I think I Love Lucy might have been actually the first show that I think had an interracial couple. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting point. Love I Love yeah. Lucy. Yeah. Pop culture progression mm-hmm. uh, in general mm-hmm. is, a, is a fascinating topic for me. Um... Yeah, I mean, there was just such... I mean, I, I am not really a disco fan. I, I mean, everybody knows certain songs, you know, yeah. because it's radio saturation. I, I had to I had to endure <laughs> it. You were born when? 88. Yeah, so yeah. I, I lived through it. Mm-hmm. And it was... Uh, it was not <laughs> it that, was hell. <laughs> not that fun. I, I, yeah. I was extremely happy when the knack and the cars Ugh. came along. And once again... Talking heads, trending, Setting trends. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, like, just... The death of disco really was attributed to the Knack and the Cars uh, first albums. Good. Uh, from both Good. <laughs> because they, they dominated the radio. Yeah. It, um, all the cool people were already listening to it anyway. You know, cool people in yeah. my opinion weren't really listening to disco. To me, I, I um, always felt like the Cars are like if like Devo and like Talking Heads came together. That's a you know really I mean? that's a really fair I assessment. I think it's I pretty. Think. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a really fair assessment. Um, it's like a side project, and it worked. Yeah, 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 and just an extraordinary group of guys. Oh yeah, like most yeah. bands, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, just an ex- just. A, I was watching a, a documentary on Kansas the other day, rewatching it. I like Kansas. And um, and yeah, 70s. just just yeah, yeah. just a, an ex- and once again Prague. But yeah. yeah, just an extraordinary group of guys coming <clears> from you know nowhere, Topeka, Kansas, and trying to try breaking out of Topeka, Kansas. Good luck. No matter what genre you're, you're gonna playing. get lost in that cornfield. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, it was, um, just, it was a really fascinating journey right. for those guys. Well, I mean, it, we can also go into obviously. Uh, I mean, '80s. There was uh, alternative. There was new wave. There was obviously goth. I mean, there was right. metal. There was punk. I mean, right. It, right. Uh, same thing in terms of clothes. I mean, uh, things were a little more edgy because of metal and so forth. I, right. At least how I viewed it. I mean, obviously the '80s pop too. I mean, everything was like neon and shit. And then obviously, right. uh, 
high tops started coming in, and then obviously then was the 90s LA gear, and then there was uh, grunge, there was still, uh, there was skate punk, there was new metal. New metal was like, because I mean, that was like my era, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. And like I said, same thing with like TRL. I kind of just went through two generations to be quick so we can move on to other topics. Right. I'm sure you is understand. That why you, is that why you disapprove of the, of the term shoegaze? I just think it's a dumb word. <laughs> I guess, well, because I've heard like Death Cab for Cutie before as, in terms of shoegaze. To me, I always just looked at it as alternative, but I think right. that's an alternative word for alternative. It's pretty much, right? Yeah. And it just, I don't know, I'm just like... I mean, how, how, sub, like, <laughs> how sub do you want a genre? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like when you're talking like subgenres of subgenres, I mean... Uh, yeah, now you're nitpicking. Well, I, I feel like uh, metal probably has like the most. Oh, I it, would think so. You know what I mean? Like, cause, uh, I would definitely. Because I do podcast with my buddy Richard and uh, Austin, and we've had a couple like metal offs, I guess, if you will, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, this is this. And this. I'm like, I'm like, punk that I can think of has probably 10 or less. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, and that's fine. Yeah. That's like, just my perspective. I mean, yeah. sure, there might be others. I just think shoegaze is a dumb word. I, I don't. I, I, I'm like I'm not just gonna look at shoes and listen to music. I, I, that's probably not what it means. But that's just to me. To me, it, I took it, it to me. It meant that that's what the band was doing. They were not addressing the audience. They were okay. not looking at the audience. Okay. They may have been speaking to them in between uh-huh. songs and stuff like that. But uh-huh. when they were playing, they were gazing at their shoes. They okay. Were not. Uh, I guess playing, they were not right. quite playing to the audience. When you say that, I guess I kind of look at it more or less like as an instrumental perspective rather than just lyrics. Because I mean, there are mm-hmm. bands like the album Leaf, which it is just mostly uh, music, or same with a Mogwai, obviously a, a Gremlins yeah. reference, right? And it's mostly just music, and it's almost like how you have like sometimes like alternative music playing in the background of a movie, like somebody's walking or whatever the case may be, and mm-hmm. it, it's like that, and it's it's like sad alternative so i guess like mild goth or i don't know yeah. how you want to view it but i mean yeah. i like it because whenever i hear the word goth i'm thinking like the cure the smiths depeche mode uh nine stuff like well, that didn't bauhaus invent <clears throat> i'd say bauhaus too but i don't really I, the logo is fucking cool it's iconic but i think their music sucks personally like i can't get into I'm, it I, i'm not a massive fan of bauhaus i've tried and i'm like um, this is just noise um it's 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 tolerable <clears throat> I, once again it's it's one of those bands or, or types of music that i don't seek out mm-hmm. but if it's on i'm not going to uh, piss them i'll probably give you that i probably wouldn't even like if there was like an algorithm on youtube like hey check out this Bauhaus, i probably wouldn't even click on it but yeah. i mean like if there was a movie and i'm like oh i know that song yeah. sure maybe yeah right. i'll give you that yeah because i mean i can see for instance where also people are coming from that don't like primus because they think it's just mm-hmm. noise mm-hmm. it took me many many years to really like appreciate it mm-hmm. and it's it's genius mm-hmm. but i can see what people are saying and 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 in, in regards to film soundtracks, um, mm-hmm. it's been a very long time, but it seems to me my recollection of the film Cat People with uh, oh the with, black and white one no um, the the eighties film with David Bowie and Natasha yeah Kinski. there was a remake yeah um, it's 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 a lot of goth music I believe it yeah. and speaking of David Bowie <clears throat> Labyrinth you know, kicked ass no just his, <laughs> yeah his, we didn't his, talk yeah we yeah. we didn't address him in the seventies or Iggy as well that's yeah. true yeah um, Bowie was yeah. was very cutting edge. Yeah. Um, he was an extraordinary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was Iggy. Have you heard the story of Henry Rollins and Iggy? No. Because Rollins is, is a big music aficionado. Oh, yeah, of course. Well. Yeah. And and he just admired Iggy and wanted to... I don't out- blame him. He, he wanted to outdo him because Iggy was just, you know, like one of the ultimate front men. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to top that energy. Yeah. And next that, to like, that commitment yeah. to, to putting on a, a show. Right. Next know? to like Jello and Darby Crash, for example. Right. Yeah. Right. Of that and, era. And, and yeah. You, you, I, I would recommend you look it up. It's on YouTube. Okay. And, uh, Henry Rollins discussing his attempts to outdo Iggy okay. while, when they shared the same stage. Oh, shit. As when Rollins' band opened for Iggy. Okay. Iggy. 
and it's a very funny story. Um, uh, in terms, of, I guess we can close out this particular little segment. I was going to say history of trends too, like how you were saying, because uh, obviously there was classic rock and then like punk kind of like sort of killed classic rock, but it was obviously still prevalent with the 80s with like, uh, you know, Tom Petty, for example, and then obviously uh, yeah. Neil Young kind of had like a revival, for example. That's true. Yeah. Many others as well. I mean, Traveling Wilburys and, and how so about, forth. How about Neil Young's Rockabilly Tran- album? The Trans yeah. album. Yeah. Where he does kind of Devo. It's, 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 yeah. it's you know, it's like, what <laughs> that? It's a great album. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite. I'm not a huge Neil yeah. Young fan, but that's like my, probably my favorite album. He had like a weird like Rockabilly album too in the 80s too that was oh, pretty strange. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I had, I did. You're not missing anything. It's, it's really it's bizarre. <laughs> well, tra- trans is very bizarre too. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just really, um, really. Long. And then you were saying like how like 90s, I mean, or like how we were both saying, I mean, because obviously hip hop really started like probably mid to late 80s with Run DMC and so right. forth. I was Obviously working in a record store when, when all of that began yeah. to really break. And um, I, was, I was constantly surprised at, at who was coming in mm-hmm. to, to buy um, rap and hip-hop stuff. Bear in mind, <clears throat> I, I worked at um, probably the only 24-hour record store in the country because I'm cool. from Las Vegas. Yeah. And I worked Graveyard. Okay, so all night. So, yeah, yeah um, you know, I, I can't... I, I've asked people from... You know, like Detroit, yeah. Chicago, New York. Did you guys have 24-hour record like, stores? No. no. So I'm guessing because it's a 24-hour town, <clears throat> it was probably the only 24-hour record store cool. in the country. Yeah. That's and and right we would get BB King yeah. and, and touring bands that were like in town, you know, mm-hmm. just got done playing a gig somewhere and decided to go hit a record store, yeah. you know. Um, I, I met a lot of musicians in that store and was... Uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Okay. I love ZZ Top. He came in more than once. Mm -hmm. um, And he was listening to, he was buying, you know, um, License to Ill and Dougie Fresh. Hell yeah. And, you know, I'm like, after getting his autograph, I'm like, really? And he's like, hey man, music is music. You can find something in all of this, you know? Yeah. He was was a really nice guy. I believe So yeah, it was just really weird. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think that, that, you know, Mm-hmm. That people like that would be listening to it, but but you cannot yeah. you cannot disregard judge a book by its cover. Yeah, and you cannot disregard yeah. hip hop and rap as mm-hmm. I mean it's the most prevalent music metal. now. You know, yeah. heavy metal um, is, might be the second, I guess. Still, maybe uh, I, I don't know, or or some genres of heavy metal, I guess, uh, are still. I, I mean, and it's still very active. I I think I know enough metal to get by, but I know Austin and Richard also definitely know much more about this than I do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously there was like the British new wave of heavy metal with like what Judas Priest that was, made. That was when know. I really sure. started to get and, into uh, it. And Motorhead with like started crossover kind of like with right. like DRI and Suicide Defenses did. Right. But uh, right. they were sort of you know uh, Lemmy was such a nice guy. They too. were the precursor to speed metal. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a sense, yeah. Because I mean, I would say sp- speed metal is more like. Well, maybe that's more like power metal, but I was going to say uh, Halloween that came out, and then um, obviously... Um, well, I think Metallica definitely was influenced well, by Well, yeah, yeah, because uh, well, arguably, because which what's interesting, too, because like in terms of Metallica, I mean, obviously the first, because it was, what, 1983, it was like July when uh, Kill 'Em All came out, arguably one of the so. best covers of like all time. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. And then it's just weird to think that only six months later, uh, Show No Mercy, 1983, in December, mm-hmm. um, Slayer's first album came yeah. out. yeah. You know, and that just, in that matter of six months, they were like, we like what you have, but we're going to fucking, you know. Yeah, we're just going to the next level. With it. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you're, 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 selling, you're selling it short. Let's in just six take months, it. it's like yeah. the heaviest shit anybody ever heard. Like, yeah, it really <laughs> is. Like, yeah. you're like, what the fuck? Like, right. you know, that it was such a turn for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there are new bands out there. I can't really name any that do, like, traditional heavy metal, like Iron Maiden sound. And uh, yeah, a lot was, of it's I was, great. I, you know. You said you saw Maiden, right? I, 
Yeah, Acor you did. Acor their first show, right? According to their DVD, the early years, mm -hmm. one of the extras <clears throat> is a, uh, a list of all their gigs. Every gig <clears throat> that they had with Diano. Okay. And um, according to that list, Las Vegas opening for Judas Priest was yeah. their very first American show. That's and, so cool. and I was at that show. That's and, and they blew them off the stage. I went out the next day and bought mm -hmm. uh, both of the albums that were okay. available at the time. Um, the only two albums with Diano, except for an EP and, and some I think, singles and stuff. Like I guess we can close out, I was going to say this topic in history of trends, maybe with like 90s, because obviously like mid to late 80s, I'd say like grunge kind of really started actually. Because I mean, there was Slint, there was, I would even throw out maybe like R.E.M. There was obviously, uh, I would consider them all. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. It's interesting. It's its own kind of like, I don't really know anybody else that sounds like Slint. There's what, Tweez and... I was they... referring to R.E.M. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, I guess I only incorporate that because I know Kurt was a big fan of uh, Michael Stipe and he'd mm -hmm. always listen to them and like the Beatles whenever they were on right. tour. Wasn't he a big fan of like, the Melvins too? I yeah, think? Melvins, yeah. Because the Melvins, oh. they did a lot of too. They have like punk and metal. Like they, yeah, they, yeah. they definitely went through a lot. Uh, was it Buzz Osborne, I think, right? Was mm -hmm. the, yeah. Um, uh, there's uh, the Meat Puppets, which... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Like going back to grunge, that's like yeah. grunge and kind of like an early goth. It's its own kind of thing. I mean, because then there's obviously even well, maybe later Who's Could Do, but that's more like alternative, you know. I, I love Who's and, and even like Dag Nasty too. Even like well, a fucking TSOL too. Yeah, yeah. Like because they're early stuff for sure, like punk, and then it like became kind of goth, you yeah. know, like. But but yeah, once again, yeah, talking about cleaning the slate. Yeah, grunge, yeah. absolutely. Dude, it fucking... Removed glam. Yeah. Glam, yeah. which I was... That's why I stopped listening to metal in general. Yeah, I get it. Was because I, I couldn't stand any more Cinderella Poison like, Winger. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, it, I just was done with satin pajamas and hair and hairdo, hairspray, <laughs> some, you know? A summer is a guilty pleasure that I like, like Skid Row. I've always liked Sebastian Bach. Uh, Teach their own, brother. It's okay. I have difficulty with him. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to like everything that we're, you know, or right. for example, you bring up something, I don't have to like it. Like, right. I, I don't like The Clash. I'm blatantly open about yeah. that. I've never liked That's them. That's just <laughs> You're like shock. I, I don't I, care I, for I'm, it. I, I, yeah, I'm not displeased or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just more shocked than anything mm -hmm. else. Because they're just, such a good thing. I, I <laughs> Well, even like, for example, like Bruce Springsteen. Like, I can yeah. admire like what people have brought to music as a whole. Right. Like, they're good people. I just don't care for it. I, I don't like the boss. And Springs, Springsteen kind of changed things up a little bit, too. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. He wasn't a game changer, mm -hmm. but he was certainly uh, propelled. Like arena rock, in a way, kind of? Well, he certainly propelled um, rock and roll yeah. forward. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, bringing in uh, Clarence Clemens on, the, on, you know, that saxophone. Yeah. Is, yeah. It was, you know, yeah. sax is... He, he he he! It was the return of horns in a mm -hmm. way. I I I almost feel that that I don't know. That's not necessarily true because you had Tower of Power in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Springsteen was was kind of a game, game yeah. changer a little bit yeah. too. Yeah. I like I said. I, I was saying that I think he kind of like along with obviously Def Leppard at the time. I feel like kind of influenced the idea behind Arena Rock in his own kind of way. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I feel like whenever you see shows, it was mostly just an arena. It wasn't yeah. just like a little hole-in-the-wall bar, which I'm sure you probably started, but, yeah. you know. Uh, in terms of Def Leppard, I, I, I was fortunate. Um, I, I shared an art class in high school with a kid who was way hipper than I was. And I was consuming music rapidly. And this kid was just head and shoulders above me. He turned me on to so many bands. Um, the Dickies. Yeah. Def Leppard. The Angels, mm -hmm. uh, and when he played me Def Leppard, he, he, before he put it on in art class, he's like, "These guys are our age." 
They're our age and they have a recording contract. Um, and bear in mind, in England, you graduate from school at 16. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, these guys were, you know, drinking in pubs, playing yeah. in pubs, and recording Different albums. Cultures. Yeah. Uh, at 16, 17, I think Joe Elliott was like 19, I think, when the first album came out. And it, it sounds nothing like, you know, their, their big mm -hmm. albums, you know. Um, but I followed them all the way through uh, to uh, um, their, what is it, uh, not Pyromania, the one after Hysteria, I think was the name of the album. I, I know a couple songs. I don't know. Yeah, I saw them on the Pyromania tour when they were at their peak and just everybody was just gobbling up Def Leppard because oh, sure. of MTV. You yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, I got a chance to see them uh, on that big tour. Um, I was just going to say, like, history of trends, like, in terms of, like, 90s, I feel like that was, like, one of the last good trends in terms of... Uh, popularity and like I guess like music culture kind of coming together for one of the last times because I feel like obviously New Millennium there was like emo and there was like different variations of like it that's when I feel like it really started to differentiate it was certain types of like subgenres of like hip-hop like trap or whatever people call it now mm -hmm. and then there was different types of like metal and alternative like there really aren't too many like newer punk bands that I know that aren't really worth mentioning but mm -hmm. uh, I'd say 90s well, maybe some early millennium, but I mean, they started probably 90s and then they got their popularity early millennium and they still go. And it really is just that particular genre. But I mean, because the 90s, I mean, you had pop, like for instance, you know, I mean, there was obviously Madonna was still prevalent. Uh, I mean, there was still Mariah Carey. I mean, there was yeah. obviously grunge, like we said. I feel like right. that started. That was, in, in, my, in my mind, the 90s is, is the beginning of the return of the teen idol. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I could see that. And there was obviously boy bands, 98 Degrees, NSYNC, Bastard right. Boys, all that type of shit. Right. Um, and then there was obviously girl bands too, Spice Girls and whatnot. Um, you know, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, that stuff. Um, there was new metal, as I mentioned, which was just, it, it was a game changer because it was like hip hop mixed with like metal. Like nobody's ever done that. You know what I mean? Right. And it's still, I would say probably people my generation, it still has its own fan base, but it's not really like, I don't really see too many new metal bands. Then there was obviously like the Deftones, which clearly like nobody sounds like them right. still. You know, it's its own thing. That was 94, 95. Mm -hmm. Adrenaline, the album came out. I mean, obviously. I think the closest Primus, thing. I think the closest thing to Deftones might, might be Tool. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think they do tours together. It's like usually like them, like Incubus, Primus and stuff. They all similar, mm -hmm. but it's its own kind yeah. of, I know what you mean though. I, um, I'm a big fan of Primus. I got to see them early in their career too mm -hmm. on, on their very first tour for their, for their first album. Um, it was a really odd triple bill, but they were the second act and, and um, they were, uh, I was already familiar with them. I already had the album when I went to the show. And so it was a great pleasure to see them. Um, I've seen them a bunch of times, but yeah. Um, yeah, it just, it was such like one of the last, I think good times, of course, losing Adam going to nineties music playlist. Then we'll talk uh, radio saturation, a little longer of a discussion than I anticipated. I was hoping to do like 15 minutes, but then again, it's you and I, so, uh, cause we just had a lot more to convey to come to a consensus about these things. But, uh, nineties. Right. Yeah. I mean, in terms of clothes, I mean, like things were becoming baggy. There was like big dog. There was also like a revival. I remember there was like a lot of Looney Tunes, like cause of space jam. I think like there was oh, okay. a lot of like larger shirts uh baggy pants like plug and uh jean co and then obviously skate shoes were coming out skate right. shoes were expensive they yeah. were big and fat because i mean skating was obviously around in the 80s but it really right. popularized i think in the 90s due to uh obviously tv shows i mean movies at the time right. there was like gleaming the cube um right. you know uh what fucking obviously the tony hawks pro skater games which well, were huge right. and they obviously influenced music for everybody right. like they brought music to the masses same right. thing that was like early before trl as well and, and if, if you know your skater history uh -huh. um the z boys yeah 
um, yeah. were not skating to punk because punk really hadn't come out right, yet. Right, right. Um, they were skating to... Zeppelin, to, Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ted yeah. Nugent, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because that's all they had. Right. Once again, it's kind of like punk, the punk movement. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't listening to punk albums because there were no punk albums in right. England. You know, the first yeah. wave, they were listening to reggae. Yeah. And dubstep. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. Um, because uh. they had none of them had recorded anything mm -hmm. yet. The Damned were the first band to record. Yeah. They beat everybody to the punch. Um... So yeah, it's with skaters. It was, you know, they, yeah. they, it's now sort of a, a metal mm -hmm. punk thing. And when I was a young guy, it was exclusively punk. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, the, the, all the Z boys were. were I feel like what uh, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember what picture of Ian Mackay, but I remember you know he has the yes. skateboard. You know, yes. I feel like that really. And then there was obviously JFA. There was Adolescence. I mean, there was Angry mm -hmm. Samoans. There was so much skate punk right. that started in the '80s. But I feel like it really took off in the '90s. You know, obviously yeah. No Effects, Bad Religion, Pennywise, right. uh, No Use for a Name, Lag Wagon, all that stuff. Right. And they all kind of sounded the same and generic. And it really only lasted ten years. But the '90s, as I've mentioned, I think in terms of history of trends, that was like the only thing that. It was like one of the last good trends of music, in my opinion, of course. Well, that, that's a fair assessment. You know, I mean, because like I said, in the early millennium, things just started to polarize. Like, yeah. it, just, it just went its own separate right. route. There are some good new stuff right. in terms of uh, some hip-hop that I still listen to that does kind of throw back to... Because I always felt like Tupac and Biggie, for example, it was like kind of how Johnny Cash and Marty Robbins were. Like, they had a story to tell. Right. And it was like a novelization. It was like an audiobook for yeah. four minutes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. that's how there are some newer metal and punk that clearly started out in the 90s but are still going and have influenced others right. that are still worth listening to and mentioning but uh, I think the 90s was probably the last terms of history of trends right. that being said we're going on 45 minutes we wanted to talk radio saturation right. so what do you got what did you uh, want to talk about that um, in terms of radio saturation um, <clears throat> it it, um, it goes along with the trends I mean they, yeah. that sets the trend yeah. you know radio saturation does set the trend and, mm -hmm. and and going back real quickly to um to trends it it brings us to the current trend which is the, the absolute return of the teen idol mm -hmm. you know starting with like guys like justin bieber and, yeah. and gals you know yeah and, you know what i mean yeah um because you don't really hear about justin bieber nowadays no like, he's yeah. yeah i would say it was probably like maybe 2010 to maybe like 15 or so something like, like that yeah but yeah but, but there still are are no like real um, a lot of them one-hit wonders now. That's correct. Yeah, it's it's that's another thing is the industry itself. They don't cultivate artists anymore like they used to. Yeah, uh, it used to be the contracts were were just so different back then. You had like seven to ten albums with an option to drop after two or three if uh -huh. your sales were tanking and not if you were yeah. not showing growth or, or potential. You could you could potentially be dropped from your label, your label's roster after mm -hmm. two or three albums, but they, certain bands they were patient with because they believed that they could grow sure. and, and produce hits. And, and most do, of them and, do. And, and most well, of them did. Did, excuse me. Yeah. Plus tense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and so radio saturation is a big part of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in terms of that, I was thinking like, I feel like certain songs, even today, which is interesting, like, because... Uh, not that I had necessarily prepared for us to discuss what we are going to discuss uh, currently, but I was listening to the radio today, and I haven't listened to it in a while. I even going through like Star ninety eight point seven. I remember in the nineties, you know, growing up, going to school, listening to it. It was a Ryan Seacrest was the host before mm -hmm. American Idol, right? And uh, they mostly played, you know, nineties 
alternative at the time, like, you know, cake and red hot chili peppers and whatnot, which right. I still love too. Right. But they're still playing like 90s alternative. Like, yeah. And, and yeah. I'm like, okay, I, in my mind, I'm like, are they listening to K Earth 101? And they're like, okay, this is what people want to listen to now. Because I mean, right. like how I was saying earlier, K Earth, when I was a kid, it was mostly Motown. Right. And, you know, 50s and so forth. And uh, it's now mostly like, like I said, 80s pop, like Susie and the Banshees, they're pretenders, which I like too, but yeah. I expected to hear Motown, you know? Right, right. And then 93.1 used to be Arrow, now it's Jack, and they still play mostly classic rock, right. which is fine. And then a 95.5, KLOS, I'm sure you probably know. Same yes. thing, they, they've yeah. always played KLOS, and they do Sunday Breakfast with the Beatles. Usually right. if I'm driving, I usually right. make sure to listen to that. When I was a young kid coming, uh-huh. to, coming to California in the summertime and for three-day uh, weekends, uh, holiday weekends to visit relatives here. Yeah. Um, as soon as I could get control of a radio, I would go right to K Rock. Okay, one oh six seven, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rodney on the Rock and all the all the new wave. And, yeah, and, and they punk yeah, stuff, I was about to say know? they mostly played when I was younger, yeah, it was mostly skate punk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they did and a lot of like for the, me for me it yeah. was it was like, you know, power pop, new mm-hmm. wave and yeah. and uh, and sort of watered down punk, you know, yeah. radio friendly punk. Yeah, and that's see that was what I was thinking too, like, because uh, in terms of I guess like Overplayed. They'll go to something that like, okay, we're gonna play something that sounds like this. Now we're gonna play something that sounded just like this to sound like this. Like they kind of go yeah. with, right? And, the, and then, this formula sells. Let's apply this mm-hmm. formula to this band or Correct. bands themselves. Right. Saying, let's apply this formula right. to ourselves. Yeah, you know. Look at Rush. Yeah. Once again, Prague. But, yeah. But the, they Canadian were they Led were Zeppelin. they were young <laughs> enough yeah. to be influenced by the police and and they there's a clear distinction right now <laughs> um, exactly there's a clear distinction from moving pictures to signals uh, those two albums yeah um, the, when I I bought signals as soon as I could when it came out it was it hadn't been out for a, but a few days how much were records I'm just curious. Um, if it was if it was a brand new record, it was either eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Uh, I get it. The and then, cost of living was different, right? Yeah. And and then the mid priced albums, albums that had been out for a while and were going into their second or third pressings, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Those were called mid level or mid priced <laughs> albums. Really and they like had stickers on, on the on the cellophane, yeah. you know, mid price, mm-hmm. you know, so you could, you know, you could That's catch cool. up if you if you stumbled upon an artist and you wanted to backtrack sure. their entire catalog, you could do it at a reasonable yeah. price, you know. Yeah, and that was. The way to do it because there weren't wasn't internet yeah i mean right. i get it and then cds when they came out they were expensive right. man they were like 20 30 bucks pop when they no, came out 15 14.99 15 really because I, I remember well then again maybe it just depends on where you went because i remember going to warehouse and it was in like uh, warehouse music you know it was yes. in like the big plastic like yeah the big, the big long boxes yeah, or and, the plastic and they uh, were like 20 bucks i remember um maybe it just depend on where you went uh, and and if you were buying in LA, maybe it was just the cost of living. In That's LA. true, LA County. Yeah. Um, yeah, and taxation and so forth. That's true. But I was I was working at, at Odyssey Records when when CDs came out, uh-huh. and we had You're to like, well, we had to clear a bin, oh, geez. a whole a whole aisle, mm-hmm. uh, and and condense to make room for for CDs. Mm-hmm. So everything, everything, rock and roll, soul, jazz, sure. blues, yeah. all of it was in one row, yeah. just one row, mm-hmm. double sided yeah. bin row, you know. And um, and that that was all of it, and that was in '88. That's crazy. And that was when they started pulling vinyl. I uh, think '88 was when they started pulling vinyl permanently. And now history of trends, though vinyl are coming, back, coming back. You know what I mean? And then yeah. same with the, I've seen a lot of kids now, like even at the swap meet, they're buying like cassettes too. Right. And cassettes were cool when I was a kid, but I feel like the fucking the tape in it just gets eaten like way too often. Right. Right. Like I, I think they're cool, but. Right. 
You know, and I've kept some of the art for some of the tapes that I had as a kid, and that's about it. I yeah. mean, my tapes got eaten, so I tossed them. Yeah, we, we were given a deadline at mm -hmm. Odyssey Records. You must return all vinyl by a certain date to receive credit for it. Oh, wow. And, and reship as, as CDs. Um, uh, they were slowly reshipping as CDs anyway, and it was, it was slowly taking over the entire sales like, floor. I guess in terms of, like, radio saturation, I feel like a lot of it kind of has stayed the same. Like, they're like, okay, we're going to find nice 90s. Uh, I like the song. It's just, it's overplayed. Yeah. You know, but, and let me skip ahead. <laughs> I do love Nirvana, but it's just, it's, uh, God damn it, whatever. Anyway, it's definitely overplayed that song. Yeah. Um, and I can see why it's still, it's a huge anthem for everybody from 1991, whenever Nevermind came out. I, I, I get it. 91, 92, 92 something, something like that. Like that yeah. I can see it, it's still, it still hits a different way, but I have right. to like, I can only listen to it like once a year. I remember, I, mean? I remember backtracking to Bleach. I love and, that album. And, and thinking, wow, this this it's is this is awesome. more punk than it's grunge. It's so good. Yeah. And it was only made on like six hundred and six dollars or right, something. Right. Right. Yeah. To me, to me, it's the it's cover smacked. is fucking it, awesome. It too. is. And it, but yeah. it smacked more of, of punk oh, yeah. than than, yeah. than grunge. That is probably I'd say their hardest album for yeah. sure in yeah. terms of uh, sound. Yeah. yeah. I fucking love that song or that whole album. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, and they even have the song uh, "Floyd the Barber" reference to Andy Griffith. You yeah. know, like yeah. But anyway. Um, Terms of radio saturation, yeah, uh, overplayed. They obviously find a certain demographic, and they're like, hey, we're going to stick with this. I don't like that, and I feel like a lot of stuff that, for instance, that can be slapped that particular genre label, for example, I feel like it's underplayed because the other ones are obviously getting more money and, like, getting more advertisement from the radio or right. shirts or merchandise or whatever the case right. may be. It, it wasn't really necessarily fair, I feel like, to other bands that were just as suitable for other audiences to listen to. Right. Uh, and then in terms of uh, radio stations over the years, I mean, things have obviously changed. And I already mentioned K-Earth, for example. Star right. 98 is obviously still the same. Right. Uh, 105.3 in San Diego. Still, It's kind of like their yeah. K-Rock, uh, mm -hmm. 91.1, uh, XFM. Same kind of thing, but they play a little more underground. Right. And, um, if, and if you if you want it, because this is kind of a... There, it doesn't bear a huge amount of discussion. Yeah. So if you want to wrap up this particular radio saturation topic, yeah, um, I don't have much look, more. On look, it, look at where we are now. Where yeah. you know, two two conglomerates own most of the radio stations in the United States. You know, and um, so yeah. how diverse will they allow you to be? How, you know what I mean? They dictate. Yeah. you know what the trend is. You yeah, know? and and they control it. Um, you know? Oh, which is why, the, which is why the labels um, have reverted to, like not getting mm -hmm. you know, the, the the return of the one hit wonder, yeah. you know, in prevalence, um, mm -hmm. because of because of the radio, you know. Um, um, I was gonna say I feel like satellite radio. I almost feel like it. It's a great idea, but yeah. I almost feel like it came out too late for what it is in terms of a. Uh, uh, expounding upon uh, music for the masses for those of us uh, who obviously have an eclectic taste in music like mm -hmm. you know they have their oh, metal station but they might same thing though they might do radio saturation where they're like oh we're only going to play like Slipknot or you know this Lib Biscuit song for example or whatever like they don't go with a much more of a broader spectrum like right. they, they play like what they play but at least it's nice to know that it exists but i feel like it was a little too late obviously i feel like spotify comes in hand and it's nice to have the right. youtube algorithm too because i'll go mm -hmm. on there and i listen to i think it's called like lawn chair radio or some shit mm -hmm. and there's like new freaking like uh grindcore like death metal and all this and i'm like this is fucking incredible right. like you know right. and they're like brand new and they're like kids younger than me and i'm like what right. the fuck i'm like these guys are ripping like right it's just incredible. I almost feel like, uh, in terms of uh, radio, for example, mm -hmm. I feel like it's a, a little too late for that. Right. Obviously, I think YouTube and Spotify pick up the slack. Right. 
uh, if you ask me, because I don't really know too many people who have like Sirius XM or whatever anymore. Correct, and if you do, yeah. usually like it's probably, I'm not, nothing against your age, but I feel like it's people mostly your age. Like my mom has it. And it's right, usually right. country or like, I don't know, 60s rock. And I'm like, and, that's and, fine. And they're, and they're not listening to it in their homes. No. They're listening to it in their cars. Exactly. At home, home. it's Spotify. Sure. Uh, I think my mom has like country music playing all the time, which right. is fine. Like that's what they like. And if right. I want to listen to country, I think we've talked before. It's probably... 70s, 80s, and maybe before. Yeah. Maybe early 90s, because that's what I grew up with, too. Like, Garth Brooks and shit like that. But, Garth you know. Brooks destroyed country music, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like, totally made it more because, poppy. And, and in terms of, like, you know, the lack of new bands, yeah. there is no shortage of, of new bands or new artists mm -hmm. uh, for country, yeah. because that's where all the guys that would have gone to rock and roll have gone to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because that's their only avenue now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because um, most new country is just... It's just not good... I can't get yeah. into it. Yeah. Very few and far between. Some of them are kind of bringing back the whole history of trends. Like we said, history repeats itself. Mm -hmm. Some of them are bringing back the whole outlaw ensemble, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And a lot of them are like, oh, I want to play in just dive bars and, yeah. you know, make records and money that way. And I'm like, dude, more power to you. I'm like, right. you're kicking ass. So, right. you know, keep it up. Right. But, all right. Well, I know this is about to cut out. So we talked uh, radio saturation and history of trends. We got a couple more topics to discuss. We will be right back. All right, took a quick little break. We're going to get back to it. We're going to be talking a lack of new bands. And I think that's definitely bias. I see where you're coming from. So what makes you think uh, you wanted to bring that up? And what is your uh, point? And I'll bring up mine while we listen to Molchat Doma. Fucking Very sick. Cool. Um, I just think that, that uh, the industry does not allow for, for cultivation of, of an artist. Well, um, you did mention that, yeah. yeah and okay. and I, I think that's the root okay. problem why there's no bands and why yeah. why people that would want to do rock and roll eventually just end up doing country or something, you know? Yeah. Because they have a better shot at it um, in that genre than in rock and roll. And like I said... Yeah, I mean, can, yeah. you, can you name one major new band? Like, you oh, know, okay, like, how... It's like a huge hit now in uh, rock and roll. That's, maybe that's not on a major label. Maybe uh, not like new. Like, okay, I guess... But it, how I mean, old Foo, do you think uh, Foo that was the first one that came to my mind? Was, yeah. was like one of the last great. I would bands, argue I would too. Think. Still, maybe even like Weezer too. You uh, know, that's a fair. Chili statement. Peppers. That's a fair. Well, no, Chili Peppers came out in the eighties. They, they did. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm talking about like bands that, that maybe nineties, you know, early millennium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 90, so we'll say 20, 25 years ago. Is that your time? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Roughly, and that's uh, that's far. That's why I think that's one of the reasons why hip hop is, still is the predominant radio friends it's also one of the stuff. newest genres too right yeah. and um and it's really weird to think because okay if rock and roll started in the 50s and it mm. died around 2000 and give or take yeah and hip-hop started in the late 70s mm -hmm. and we're now 30 we're now like what 50 years in give or take yeah and no signs of weakening no how long will this genre continue okay before it starts to or, ring its death now right or, else or reverts it. back to maybe like how Houdini or, or public enemy sounded for or, example or just or, or just you know cyclical trends coming back and all of a yeah. sudden now people want bands again yeah you know? uh, i mean even for instance in terms of like radio saturation which is pretty cool like there's a station that i listen to i get the best reception on it uh 93.5 mm -hmm. is uh it's mostly like 90s hip-hop and shit like snoop dogg and all that and i'm mm -hmm. like this is the stuff that i had you know like with mm -hmm. what the kids are listening to like right. growing up at Bone Thugs and Harmony all that stuff right. it's, and, it's cool to hear that and nothing against I'm not knocking the genre no, yeah. but, but there's very little hip hop and rap that I actually like and sure. listen to and own in my mm -hmm. collection 
NWA, Ice Cube, yeah. Ice T, Easy, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as part of NWA, mm-hmm. um, and De La Soul, De La Soul's cool, yeah. stuff like that. You know, Cypress mm-hmm. Hill. Yeah, Cypress Hill. Uh, I, I have see very, them. I have very little of it in my collection, um, mostly because I, I don't like the lyrical content. Okay, uh, and I, I think gangster rap is kind of a passe thing now. I, yeah, I, I can't speak for certain because there, I, I really don't listen to it. No, there, there's some that's out there. I mean, like I would say maybe like Kendrick Lamar or uh, like J. Cole or you know I guess whoever else listens to this. I mean, by all means, shoot me an email, let me know. But there are some that have definitely reverted to that back like '90s, like where they tell a story. Right. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with storytelling in yeah. music. That's mm-hmm. part of what it's supposed there to was, do. There was atmosphere. I mean, there was uh, Common. You know, he's also in films too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean. There aren't very many, I don't feel like, anymore. Mostly it's it's all about that hook, which is like, you know, the chorus. Right. And right. It's mostly, I think, music influenced, like just the beats more or less now, too. I right. feel like lyrical content is almost like, it's like mumble rap. It doesn't really yeah. make any sense. Like Snoop Dogg's made fun of it a bunch. Right. Or 50 Cent's made fun of it a bunch. And, I'm that, like, and, that's, and that's kind of one of the problems I have with that genre is lack of musicianship. Yeah. Um, it was really, really interesting to hear License to Ill. Mm-hmm. And hear those samples. It's like, oh, yeah. this is this, this. When the levy breaks, the fucking. I know, dude. It was just, yeah. it was so cool. Yeah. It was, because yeah. it was new, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, but it became the death knell, sort of, for, for actual musicians mm-hmm. within that genre. You know yeah. what I mean? There, there yeah. are no music. It's all samples. Samples. Yeah, for the yeah. most part, yeah. And, and so, as a, as a guy who, who was a musician as mm-hmm. a kid, um, I find that disparaging, you know? Uh, I'm trying to think, like, maybe... Not necessarily as big, but they're still around. I mean, uh, I mean, Sublime still plays. Uh, obviously, Black Flag, but they're obviously old, and it's Mike V now, the skater who sings for them. They still play. Yeah. A lot of these punk bands, I mean... They, they were catching a really right. bad rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Off, yeah. for some reason. They Keith were, Morris's band. Yeah, yeah, they were both, like, getting crunched a lot mm-hmm. in, in, in the media that I was reading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just getting dogged and I was like why are you guys dogging these guys they're just um, trying to get by and, and have fun and create art you know uh, some escape punk bands like from the 90s that I'm sure you know like maybe like MXPX or Pennywise they, mm-hmm. they're they clearly not as big as the Foo Fighters in terms of like globalization but I mean they're right. still making albums and still playing shows and they're still doing well right. but yeah, I, but I see the, your point though the, but when I was referring to like new bands I, I uh-huh. certainly wasn't referring to, to punk because sure. that's like one of the few mm-hmm. that and metal yeah. are like the only two survivors that okay. do have new bands that do yeah. put out stuff it's it's underground now because the radio mm-hmm. won't play it the labels no. won't sign that's it that's radio saturation yeah. and, and same with Prague Prague yeah. is still very big mm-hmm. it's all like they, it, it's you all in house yeah. you know what I mean yeah. it, it all yeah. comes from the band Crowdsourcing for for uh, okay for financing so for financing the recording in process. In terms of new like bands, that. I guess you were referring to perhaps like Notoriety more. Yes, or less? Okay. just radio. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't. Other than I guess Spotify, that's the only thing I can really think of. Because there's even like there's like folk black metal that I found like Obsequia that's oh, out wow. there, and it's basically like if Flogging Molly was like black metal, and uh-huh. I'm like, this is fucking cool. Like right. I've never. And apparently there's like, like I said, it, there's roots upon roots when it comes right. to like metal. And right. uh, there are a lot of new thrash bands out there that are actually really good that mm-hmm. have been around the last like maybe 15, 20 years. Right. And uh, I, I even forgot to mention too, uh, well, I guess you could say, for instance, it probably obviously started with Sabbath, uh, stoner metal. 
mm-hmm. or also known as doom metal, or yeah. uh, I've heard it referred to as like desert rock, the guy from Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, they're still yeah. big from the 90s, and they still yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, Josh Homme, but he obviously had his band uh, Caius before. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms didn't, of... Didn't Caius come from... Uh, I want to say for suit. I, I want to say it comes. Uh, what are you talking about? One of the guys like formed Bowling for Suit. Yeah, did, didn't that band? Sure. Didn't that band split into like the Mars Volta and, and Caius? I think it was Mars Volta. You're right. Uh, I don't know about Bowling for Suit. That's that would be interesting. I'm like stoner metal to like pop punk or whatever. Like, I, yeah, don't yeah. quote me on that. You're but good. I, but, but both of those bands <laughs> yeah. sprang from a band mm-hmm. from a yeah. single band. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think Mars Volta. You might be right. Same with like. What was it Anthony Green from like Seos and did like Circa Survive, which was also like prog, kind of like mm-hmm. alternative emo, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It's they're definitely interesting. Yeah. But uh, lack of new bands, yeah, I guess in terms of notoriety, yes, it, I think that depends on your musical taste. Because I mean, because I mean, even I would say like minus the bear, which is kind of like math rock. Mm-hmm. I guess I love it, math it's rock, just like what technical alternative, basically. Like yeah, that's kind of how I've looked it's, at it. It's very technical. Mm-hmm. I, I view math rock as a subgenre to progressive rock. Like that's, uh, that's yeah, favorite. oh yeah, totally. It's basically prog alternative. You yeah. know, uh, that's a good. For instance, please. Um, yeah. I can't even fucking type. I was gonna do. Uh, that's fine. I was gonna play uh, "This Town Needs Guns." I fucking oh man, it's so just interesting. Um, that and like minus the bear. I feel like that all kind of stemmed, if you ask me. I feel like in the popularity of uh, "Death Cab for Cutie." Mm-hmm. Again, their first album was um, fuck, I forgot what it was called. It's a blue one. Came out in nineteen ninety nine. Like something about airplanes or something. But uh, mm-hmm. and then obviously I feel like they got their notoriety with "Plans" that came out in right. two thousand five with right. "I'll Follow You Into the Dark," the acoustic right. song. And, I, um, and, and speaking of yeah. new bands, I mean that was sort of. Fight now that we're now that we're thinking yeah. about it. I mean, there were there was you know, Yellow Card, Death Cab for Cutie, yeah. Panic at the Disco. Those guys were were fairly successful. Uh, they did get radio play yeah. to a certain extent, news mm-hmm. things like that. Um, th- that did that, that do post date Foo Fighters. Yeah, and but once again, I mean, you don't really no, hear and, and them that was also anymore. they had their decade. I would have said probably oh one to like two thousand ten. Yeah, like you don't yeah. really hear about it that much no. anymore. And I mean, Panic at the Disco, they still put out albums. I, I still feel like their first two were the best because it was literally a concept album. They're, you know, the first song basically followed through to the end song. Like right. it, it was a story and it yeah. made sense. Like uh, mm-hmm. A Fever You Can't Split Out, that album, the first one. And then uh, uh, was it Pretty Odd, I think was the second album. But uh, yeah, this is uh, This Town Needs Guns. I, I, I really enjoy it. But uh, yeah, in terms of, I guess notoriety of new bands. I'd say yeah, probably 2010 is where it started to falter. I don't really mm. know what happened either. I don't know if it was just, I don't know, maybe just a different generation just decided to click with a different type of taste. I don't know. I mean, and, and speaking of generations, um, one thing I've noticed: I have young nephews and nieces, and they do not listen to their contemporary. Oh, the current stuff. Yeah, they they listen to what I was listening to. Hell yeah. Um, and I've asked them why they prefer my era of music to what's being played. Well, on. now I want to hear what they had to say. Because it sucks. Thank new, you. New stuff sucks. You know? <laughs> they just, they, they don't connect with it. They're they, smart. They, they can't connect with it. it. It doesn't speak to them. No, and... And it's not pleasant to their ear and so forth. You know and what I, mean? I feel like, well, because even, I would say it probably started with 80s, for example, hear me out. Uh, like... 
the synth dance music and then obviously 90s there was like house music with like uh obviously daft punk and i like daft punk yeah. and then there was justice and then obviously it really took off after that right you know and it's still relatively alive i just don't feel like you hear about it as much as you did maybe like 10 years ago right. like dubstep and trance and all that stuff right. uh, they still do edc electric daisy carnival i think it's yes. in vegas and it shows. is that's correct and um you know i mean for instance, I was just going to relate to what you were going to say. I correlate with my uh, nephew. He uh, He's like, I listen to jazz. And I'm like, oh, you that's know, like, great. that's what I said. But it's not his definition of jazz. Oh, and it's okay. like, you know, synthetic, like, electronic, like jazz. And I'm like, that's, I'm like, bro, that's not. It's, yeah, I'm like, listen to this. He's like, oh, I don't like that. And I'm like, well, then that's the root. I'm like, you're not listening to jazz then. Yeah. Yeah, like, I wasn't trying to be a dick, but I'm like, yeah. it's not called jazz. Call yeah. it something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I'm wondering what the actual name of that I don't know. subgenre is because I, I've I've heard that type of stuff. Just I've called it like electronica, and some of it I like, some of it I don't. And then mm -hmm. I even have a buddy of mine, I think Jason, who I've mentioned to you before, who I mm -hmm. met via OfferUp, who I've been trying to get him on my uh, show here. You know, we talk music, movies, video games, just like you and I do. Uh -huh. And uh, his daughter's boyfriend, it's uh, the new genre. It's called like noise rock. It literally just sounds like. People are just strumming and it doesn't sound like anything. And I'm like, is that their way of rebelling? I'm like, it doesn't, I don't fucking get it. I can't help but think of the tween music episode of South Park. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you love South Park? Yeah. It just, it doesn't sound like anything. It's yeah. just noise. And I'm yeah. like, how could you even comprehend this? I mean, sure. I listen to Crash, for example, like, yeah. you know, or Flux of Pink Indians. And that's, yeah. doesn't really make much sense. I get it. But yeah. it's just something that I feel like. I've grown up with over the years that yeah. I've grown to love it, you know, yeah. and if you really pay attention to it lyrically, it's incredibly intelligent, right. you know, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I feel like history repeats itself. So, I mean, I feel like in terms of, uh, new bands, I feel <clears> like <throat> they aren't really doing anything with like the punk scene, but in terms of metal, they keep like opening up new doors and they keep bringing new audiences to different genres that I feel like came out when I was, you know, much younger, like, because uh, death metal didn't really come out to probably late 80s, early 90s, you know, with like Napalm Death, Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that, or even right. the band Death, you know, with Chuck Schuldaner on guitar, that guy's amazing, I'm sure yeah. you've probably heard of Death, I mean, but... I, I've heard of them, but I it, haven't heard it's, their music. It's incredibly just, but you know, like, uh, very talented. Very so was, Yeah, it's just, I mean, so were these guys, though, this town these guns, but, uh, yeah, so I mean... New bands, I understand where you're coming from uh, in terms of notoriety, radio play. You're not going to get it because I already mentioned Sirius Radio. Your best bet's YouTube and Spotify because sometimes right. not everybody sells stuff to Spotify. Right. That's why I love these YouTube algorithms because I'll be like, is Pinewood or whatever, that's an alternative uh, band. But I'm like, mm -hmm. is that on here? And then you're like, oh, it's not. I guess I'll listen to it on YouTube, which is right. pretty cool. you know. Right. And then that's how I feel like in terms of new bands get their notoriety. It's not, it's not the same. Like radio, I'm surprised radio is still even fucking around, really. You yeah, know? like where's the money in that? Right. You know? Yeah. Because they obviously still got to pay royalties to whoever's getting the radio play. Right. So I'm like, where the and, fuck are they getting and, that and money? And that's, that's, I think, another thing that's changed yeah. too is in the industry is besides the lack of cultivating artists, the, and the contracts are so different now. Like I yeah. said, you know, it used to be seven to ten albums with, mm -hmm. a, with an option to drop after two or three contracts these days are, that's not what it is. You know, it's, they, they have this, they give them a very narrow mm -hmm. window. And that's why you do have so many one-hit wonders. Yeah. And, and a lack of growth, I think. Yeah. Because they're not being permitted to grow. And they're not permitted to propel, yeah. propel the, the art form the way it was from 50, 1951 or 52 mm -hmm. until 2010, you know what I mean? Or, or a little earlier sure. than that. You know? Because I feel like it really started to decline in terms of one-hit wonders and become incredibly prevalent among the music society and pop culture as a whole was, I'd say, probably like maybe 80s with their like... Just the 
I don't know, like, uh, who is it? The guy, uh, Tarzan Boy, or like Baltimore, or something like that, you okay. know, like, just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was, yeah. yeah I you, you did have sort of the teen idol thing happening a little bit. Mm, they look tried, at, yeah. Look at, uh... Rick Astley, uh-huh. uh, Howard Jones, mm-hmm. you know, guys like that, um, Thomas Dolby, yeah. to a certain extent. They, they, they weren't necessarily teen idols, mm-hmm. but they were solo artists um, that, that could have been marketed that way mm-hmm. had, had the industry chosen to, to do right. that, you know. Um, so there's always been the solo artist, but nowadays it's so... I mean... Here's a perfect example. I've seen this on, on social media where you have a picture of Beyonce and a picture of Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And underneath Beyonce is one of her more popular songs and the lyrics. But right under the picture it says, you know, like uh, four producers, six songwriters. And the lyrics are just the most infantile, juvenile <laughs> pablum, yeah. you know? And then the picture of Freddie Mercury one writer, um, one producer, mm-hmm. and it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the guy was a it's, genius. It's, it's yeah. just to show you, you know, how dumbed down, mm-hmm. I guess, maybe, yeah, might no, be the right I, term I it, for yeah. it. Um, yeah, because they're not permitting... Everybody's got to get their finger in the pie in, in, that, in modern mm-hmm. pop, you know. You, you, there are very few modern pop artists that create their own material yeah. like it was in the 50s, you mm-hmm. know, hence the return of, of the, the teen idol. Yeah. You know, they're not, a, they're not a permitted to, yeah. to, to grow and, and, and become and better I, than they are. Even like are. in terms of, since you mentioned Beyonce, I'm thinking like even like music videos too, I feel like they're definitely either like non-existent or they're literally just sex. That's it. Like there's no... Yeah. They were a lot more just intricate and just out there, I think, in the 80s and 90s. And mm-hmm. whether they told a story or they were trying to be funny for, like, Blink-182 videos yeah. or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. And it's just it's just not the same. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Things have just changed. Uh, I mean, like I said, society as a whole. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, the internet and so forth. I mean, because even, like, when it comes to, like, algorithms on YouTube, like, they're trying to sell more shorts rather mm-hmm. than entire length videos. Because, That's I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like... Obviously, the attention span of everybody's like, huh? you know, right. like goldfish yeah. now. Yeah, 10 and seconds. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, that's how they're making their money now. It's just shorts. They're trying mm-hmm. to influence people to just make those. And I'm right. like, it's just not the same. Um, you know, and, like, even, like, physical media, for example. Like, you know how you and I, we talk, like, records and CDs. And I still collect VHS. I still collect DVD. Maybe not as much because everything's in storage right now. Yeah. But, and yeah. Do you just, even have a VHS? Pardon me, a VHS yeah, yeah, I have, I have a VCR. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in storage right now, and mm-hmm. I got rid of that uh, CRT TV that I had, and I just I couldn't put it in storage. I mean, that thing's like three hundred pounds too. I was like, I, <laughs> you know, it was a forty-two inch like freaking. See, it was probably about as big as that fucking cabinet right there. Wow. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, I could just get like a twenty inch, and I'll be fine. You know, right. like it's just me. So. Right. Um, but in terms of a lack of new bands, yeah, I guess it's it's biased for sure, as were these other topics. But I feel like this one was, it's a matter of perspective. But I, I see what you're saying, though. Like, in terms of like, the last 20 years, which ones are still, I guess it just depends on your take on popularity, more yeah. or less. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, because obviously in the 90s, we had even, for example, uh, fucking uh, Vans Warped Tour, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I went to all three of them. Um 
LA and San Diego. Like, right. so I went to six, like three right. years in a row, back to back. Right. And this was high school, and I think those are dead now. And I'm yeah, like, and Lollapalooza was awesome. was a big draw. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That yeah. that was you know uh, yeah. put a lot of faces in front of bands that <clears throat> Stage otherwise might not have been. Yeah, had that many people mm-hmm. to play in front of. Yeah. You know? I'm guessing maybe money. I don't think it was lack of interest because I mean I still have plenty of buddies who. So logistics skate. of those kind of tours are mm-hmm. incredible. You know, it's, yeah. it's very different than the old-fashioned yeah. '60s and '70s mm-hmm. and '80s, where you know the main artist will take a special guest with them for one leg of a tour and then right. switch out that for another. It was just opening act for the next leg. It of was the tour. just so cool because it was just especially in that early millennium. Like there was obviously newer genres coming out. There was like emo, screamo, and like alternative types of metal. But I mean. You know, and they even had ska. There was plenty of punk bands that yeah. still played. And yeah, then they even yeah. had, like, up-and-coming rap artists. You know, like, it was basically TRL on the go. You know? yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Which was cool. Like, and yeah. you, you just don't see that anymore. No. Uh, and, and and what killed those tours? Because they were successful. I'm guessing, yeah. Like, well, like I said, I mean, I think it was a trend thing. Like, because mm-hmm. especially there was obviously merchandise via, uh, like, Hot Topic at the time. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being, at, like, a kid kid. And going to Hot Topic, and it was, you know, like, Dead Kennedys and, like, other, like, punk stuff. And right. then when I went, when I started to do the Vans Warped Tour stuff, it was all that stuff. Yeah. Like, the emo, screamo stuff. Right, and right. Yes, I still like that stuff. I just don't nearly listen to it as much as I used to. Right. You know, if it comes it, it, on, I'm like, I remember this, and I'll right. listen to it. Do you think it, it, it holds the test of time? That uh, genre, maybe? I would say maybe kids like my age, because I, I have a buddy of mine, and he has a playlist in his car whenever I drive with him, and, like, that's it. Like, Hawthorne Heights and, like, My Chemical Romance and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, that's fine. Right. I like it, too, but I'm like, you love this shit. Like, I'm right, like... Right, And, you know, as I've obviously aged, because, like I said, when I was in high school, it was, like, 10 years. I'm like, just punk. Like, that's nothing else matters. Right. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't care about yeah. it. And, obviously, with, over the course of time, wisdom with age and so forth, like, I'm like, okay, I like everything. Right. And... I don't know. That's tough to say. I, I bet if there, because there have been festivals here and there, but it's not the same as like how Warped Tour. It was like fifty bands for like fifty bucks. You know? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking value incredible. for dollar. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, this is like history right here, like in right. the making, right. or at least for those of us who like that type of music. But uh, right. when they do modern emo festivals now, it's maybe like six bands or less, and it's right. like the ones that probably had the most radio right. saturation at the right. time. Right. And I get that because right. that's probably what sells. Right. But and and in, in the punk genre, mm-hmm. I guess the the big thing is the annual punk rock bowling. bowling uh, we we gotta fucking go, man. Uh, I, I want to go back home. There's a there's a punk rock museum there. I home. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was made by like Fat Mike too, wasn't it? I, I I don't know. Or he like funded it or something. Um, yeah. One of the guys uh, that were was kind of big in the punk rock scene in Vegas, Danny Breeding. Uh huh. Um, is is I believe he's the, the curator. Okay. Of it. So we talked the return of Teen Idol relatively. I mean, I don't think that's also as prevalent now uh, because I feel like if, if it's that, it's going to be just like one hip-hop artist and then they're going to have maybe like one or two albums and if you go on the algorithm for Spotify, it's going to be like a billion plays or whatever. And then right. same thing, like you said, like they're probably not writing their own songs. They're probably not writing their own beat. They're just basically a mascot of that song. Right. Like, and it's just, it's sad. It's not... They're almost AI if you think about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're making money. I'm like, yeah. it's fucking dumb. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the will of the world, I guess. Because um, <laughs> and, and, and speaking of touring, mm-hmm. um, so to be in bad religion. It, well, it was it was very <laughs> difficult for for rap to tour. I bet. Um, back in the '90s, when gangster rap was yeah. prevalent. It, it was very difficult because mm-hmm. it promoted violence yeah. at the shows. 
you know? Yeah, it, with um, weaponry. Can, it, that's just it, yeah. yes. You know? Yeah. I, I, as a young guy, I saw fist fights at, at concerts. Of course. You know, at, at like, you know, bands that did not promote violence in any way, shape, or form. One right. guy bumps another guy the wrong way. One guy's looking at somebody's girlfriend yeah. the wrong way. And you have a fist fight, you know? Which um, is interesting, because I, I wonder if, like... That probably has to do something with, I think, racial profiling, though, too. Because think about it. I mean, there was, you know, Slayer and there was Gwar. And you going to a Gwar yeah. show, you knew what was going to happen. Right. And, and there might have been, not not necessarily violence. Uh-huh. You were certainly, you might get roughed up. Yeah. If you were, if you were a noob and didn't uh-huh. know how to handle yourself <laughs> yeah. in the pit or didn't know the, the rules. Yeah. You know, yeah. and or adhere to the rules. Uh-huh. Then, yeah, you might run in, you might run afoul. Yeah. You know? But, uh, but you had to go out of your way to, to get to that violence. Typically, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, rap tours were were, uh-huh. were really difficult to to negotiate. Yeah, I and I really yeah, it's just it's interesting. I, there's got to be some sort of a you know relation to what I was just discussing in terms of uh, music, like harder music compared to like rap and so forth. I mean, because right. there was even like uh, I guess I don't know what you would call it. Uh, like Juggalo, you know, like ICP. Like, you uh, know, I was into them for for about five minutes back when they were new. I thought it was a yeah. very fun. Their yeah. first album was a lot of fun. I had yeah. a buddy of mine that played it constantly uh-huh. in his car, and I, yeah. I I had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a time bomb. It's one of those. It's it's a sh- it's a very, very short. short window of yeah. opportunity for mm-hmm. that particular selling yeah. point or, or artistic point that you're trying to yeah. get across you know what I mean it's just it's very narrow minded I, I couldn't get into it and then uh, there was another one uh, Twisted but they actually do like metal albums now they're not oh, rap wow. anymore yeah mm-hmm. I mean there was even like Cottonmouth Kings which was kind of like reggae like yeah, rap it was I a little bit them. of both yeah uh, but uh, yeah in terms of I, I believe that yeah because there was just such gangs involved and then obviously gangs were typically inciting violence it's just interesting how like you can go to a metal show and it was like mutual love through aggression with the music. Right. And, you know, you fall and get picked back up and then you go to a, you know, rap concert and you might not come home. You know, yeah. it's just weird to, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's unfortunate because, you know, for, for most of the people that w- that attended those shows, they were there to, to enjoy music and, right. and watch somebody, you know, create or, or mm-hmm. perform their art, you know. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's... It, because it promoted violence, it, it begat violence. You yeah. Know? Yeah, just strange. Um, yeah. Well, we definitely discussed uh, music for an hour and a half. I was going to say, I'm good if you're good. For now, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Uh, I'll see you next time. But wait, there's more little uh, postscript uh, segment I found here on Rolling Stones, the top 25 teen idol breakout moments, and uh, Mark and I can discuss it. First one being Frank Sinatra, 1942. Yeah. He was uh, 27 years old at the he time. He was probably the first teen idol, I think. Even his movies were is great, that why though, too. Is that why he's listed at the top? Yeah. <laughs> the first uh, one? Yeah. yeah he, well, I, it, it says top 25. There's no number, but I'm assuming the top one. I'm assuming I would think he, he was probably the he's, first He's one. probably, yeah. I, I can see that. The voice, his eyes, you know, and mm-hmm. Ava Gardner and all that. Right. Such a tumultuous relationship. Holy shit. I think his fans were, were called Bobby Soxers. Let me see if it says anything about that. I don't see anything, but I... Yep, the fans, yep. Okay, all right, Mr. Uh, yep, you know, Bobby Soxers. The fans were labeled as that. Yep. Uh, the next one here is uh, Johnny Ray. I've never... 
I, I'm familiar with the name. Uh, his huge hit was Cry and then The Little White Cloud That Cried. Never heard of him. Yeah, me neither. Uh, Rock Around the Clock. Okay, of course. Yeah. Uh, Hound Dog yeah. and Maybelline. I thought Maybelline was a... Uh, it's Chuck Berry. That's what it, I huh? thought, yeah. Who, do, who are they contributing it to? They're saying... Uh, well, because he was... Johnny Ray? Johnny Ray. It says wow. 50s here. It says 52. It was probably around the same time, dude. You know, you know one... Just a quick off-topic... Yeah. My buddy Tom has has reinvigorated my my desire to listen to reggae and, mm-hmm. and ska. Yeah, and you would be surprised how many ska songs were reggae songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it. Uh, like Dandy Livingstone, if you've ever heard of him. Uh, Rudy, a message to you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that one uh, from the specials. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, it's 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 a reggae tune. Okay, by Dandy Livingstone. Huh. Uh, yeah, a message to you. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the specials. Uh, if we're talking, well, I already talked Frankie and I talked Johnny Ray. Who do you think the next one is? It's pretty obvious. Uh, if we're going uh, chronologically, cr- yeah, chronologically, uh, gotta be Elvis. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. gotta be. Yep, yep. <clears throat> Love me tender. <laughs> uh, next one is a uh, Ricky Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, makes sense. The Fats Domino song cover. I'm walking. Hmm. Uh, nostalgia from the 70s song Garden Party. Yes, that's correct. That was his last hit, I think. He died in mm-hmm. a plane crash. Yep, he did, yep. That's uh, what I'm reading. Not too long after that, I mm-hmm. think. Mid-70s, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, that's what I'm reading. And his sons were in, had the band Nelson, the heavy metal, okay. sort of hair rock, glam. Thing. Oh, because you love glam metal so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have been the, that have been the um, straw that broke the camel's back was... Was the band Nelson? <laughs> uh, 1961 was uh, Fabian, Frankie Avalon, and Bobby Rydell. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I could see that. That's very like yeah. they look like Greece. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I believe it. Kissing and twisting in Venus. Frankie songs? Avalon was massive. All those beach blanket bingo right. films. Yeah, all right. With so, Frankie and Annette. Oh yeah, and then like, uh, well, that was probably a little later, but I was going to say uh, Sally Field with like Gidget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we said 61, who do you think the next one is? It should be pretty obvious. Uh, 61, and we were going with the uh, Fabian Frankie Avalon. Beatles. You're damn yeah. right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Who were they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monkeys in 67. Wow. Follow up with that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Ooh. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess I can get on board with this. Uh, 1970. What do you think? Uh... Teen Idol, 1970. They hit it big almost immediately, scoring with the song ABC. Oh, the Jackson 5. The Jackson wow, 5. Wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, going into the Motown mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not sure that I would have pegged that one. No. I don't think I would Yeah, have. I mean, I figured this was a viable source since it's Rolling Stone. Yeah, you know? that's a fair statement. Yeah. Uh, David Cassidy, 1971. Yeah, that's, next one. Yeah. Um, and that's when I started to like become a little more aware of music. Yeah, so. well, yeah. I mean, you were a little older, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I was like nine um, like that. I've never heard of these guys, but Bay City Rollers and so. Oh, wow! Yeah, they had a Saturday Saturday morning uh-huh. TV show in the United States. They were compared to the Sex Pistols in England for being um, a bad influence on the youth of England. I believe that. If you if you knew the Bay City Rollers and had mm-hmm. seen them, you would scoff. It's they were teen idols. They were. I mean, they had. Mm-hmm. They didn't look or sound or act anything like the Pistols. <laughs> The yeah. pistols were there to like shock, of course, and, and yeah. change. And the Bay City Rollers were just a bunch of Scottish guys wearing <laughs> goofy clothes and Scottish playing, teenagers, yeah, yeah, and playing you know radio friendly 
pop. Speaking know? of a uh, punk, get this. Okay, so they slowly built up a following in the UK in the early 70s with a series of goofy but extremely catchy songs. And in 75, they hit number one with their hit Saturday Night. That's correct. I'm sure which, you, I know you've heard that song. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, which, bizarrely enough, inspired the Ramones to write Blitzkrieg Bop. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I, crazy. I can hear that. Yeah. That's so... That's crazy. Yeah, but, but to just lump them in with the Sex Pistols, when I, when I learned yeah. them as a kid, I was like, whoever, whichever government official in the UK decided that that was a thing um, was clearly talking through their hat and didn't know what they were saying. 77 uh, was uh, Sean Cassidy. Yeah, 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 I remember him. Late 70s, a uh, time of intense 50s nostalgia, Greece, obviously American Graffiti. I, I really enjoy American Graffiti. Yeah, that John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was... Uh, well, he was also in a Brian De Palma's a Blowout. I have it. I haven't watched it yet. You've never seen Blowout? No, I hear it's good things. It's a really okay. good movie. It's, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's, it's very good. The ending is... is mm, okay. Because yeah. I, I downloaded a couple of uh, Brian De Palma ones. Like, I watched, like... Yeah, I, uh, I like De Palma. Yeah, he almost had, like, kind of like an 80s noir kind of revival. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a little more, like, sexploitation. Like, because he was... Shooting for an R rating, but they kept giving him an X, so we kept having to edit him. Right. Um, That's not uncommon. Look at Scarface. Scarface yeah. got an X because of the shower scene right. where they... Where they uh, also De Palma. They, yeah. yeah, they had yeah. to... Um, no, Scarface is Marty Bregman, I think. De, De Palma did direct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. But it's a Marty Bregman production. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, they, yeah, it was too graphic. They're like, you, this, is, this just creates an X for you. You need to trim this down. That's why it's... That, that particular scene is, is so brief. I just saw one on a MSN that I wanted to talk about. I think it was like 15 movies where the bad guy wins. I was like, ooh, let's talk that. <laughs> we'll side fucking... Nah, we'll just we'll just finish this out with uh, the idol, teen idol breakout. So Sean Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, Leif Garrett, 1978. Yeah, okay. I, I do recall him being a, a teen idol. In a single year, he charged with Surfing USA. He did The Wanderer? Okay. Yeah, he, he well, once again, a, the teen idol, he's not creating his own material. He's, yeah. He's just, you know, um, that's the, a, the, he's, he's a corporate shill kind of. That's you know. obviously a, a rehash, though, because the Wanderer was like from the 50s. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they but, call but him the that's, Wanderer. That's, the, that's my problem with, with teen idol artists. Is, just rehash is, crap. Well, it's, it, they're, 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 they're limited uh-huh. because they don't create. Yeah. Sure, they ha- they have an image that yeah. is sellable. They have a voice mm-hmm. that is marketable and, and has and shows talent. Sure. Which nowadays, with you know auto tune and everything, you don't even need that. You just need to have. No. A, you just need to look right. You know. Yeah. And um, even then, they can obviously artificially make you look right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's why I have a, an issue with with the whole teen idol thing. Is it's just they're they're they don't create anything really. I can get on board with this next one. Nineteen eighty two. How about if I tell you uh, Princess Diana's favorite band? Oh, uh, 1982, as a teen idol. Girls on film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls a- absolutely. on Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> working at that record store, we had a, a, a display case that had, yeah. like, you know, leather-studded wristbands for all the punkers and, and yeah. little guys and all that. And we had this huge photo album that was, like, chained mm-hmm. to the top of the counter. And we sold glossies of, of artists and half of that and they were like a buck fifty a picture or whatever and um half of that huge photo <clears throat> album was Duran Duran. I love Duran Duran. Yeah. Uh, so do I. But you know, Teen Idol? I, 
well, what bunch of good-looking guys. Yeah, you know, don't want to take it away from five-piece British pop act. Even though I only see a picture of three people here, uh, they broke out via MTV. I'm not surprised. Right. Uh, young Cable turned the group Superstars America, though they took a hiatus in the mid '80s. Never mm-hmm. quite regained their momentum. They, I believe that's that correct. they did not. No. They scored comeback hits with Ordinary World, Come Undone '93. Yeah. Every couple of years, they try to make a comeback. They have enough old hits to sell out concerts. Of course, they, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. Because I think in terms of like 80s, like I guess of that era that's still, I don't know if they put out new stuff, but I definitely see like a lot of like remasters is uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah. And I do like Depeche yeah. Mode. Once again, as I said, I'm more of a Vince Clark fan. Sure. So I, I really only like that first album. Sure. I've listened to some other Depeche Mode and I tried watching a documentary mm-hmm. on them uh, that gets played a lot on cable. And it's just, I, I, I can't. They play a lot of their own music too. Like, yeah, they yeah, do. They which create. Is cool. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. They are, even though they're, I guess they're considered teen idols. Yeah. And same with Duran Duran. They, yeah. they create, they did create, mm-hmm. you know, but it, I'm wondering, you know, if that really, if those artists really qualify as teen idols. No, no. Uh, oh, I just according to Rolling De- Stone. Yeah. No, I just brought up Depeche Mode. I mean, maybe they're on here. I don't know yet. Cause right. I'm morely on 83 now. Right. Which is a new edition. I've never heard of them. New edition was, um, yeah. Um, the five-piece uh, black band. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Never, uh, I, yeah. I liked their first couple of singles, actually. Candy Girl. Yep, Candy Girl, Cool It Now. And yeah, Mr. Cool, and Cool It Now. Yeah, they, yeah. they were really catchy songs. Mr. Telephone Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they came and went really quick. But I liked their, their, their stuff. I don't know if they created, if they wrote any of it, you know. I'm guessing not. Um, because they were vocalists, yeah. not musicians. Um, 88, uh, skipping ahead here, was uh, Debbie Gibson. Yeah, there you go. And Tiffany, probably. Uh, I don't know. Let me see what else we got here. I got Debbie Gibson. They were, she wrote. They were contemporaries. They were. Uh, no, they went Debbie to Gibson the... probably eclipsed her. I, I believe it. I'm surprised that they didn't even bring up, like, well, I wonder how, like, maybe, like, Cindy Lauper or uh, maybe, like, the Go-Go's or uh, Madonna was at that time. Or even like Paula Abdul too, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was a baby. I mean, if, yeah. Um, I would say the one like Sade wasn't wasn't that like Prince Sade? Sade was that like Prince's drummer or something like that? Or no, that's Shaka Sh- Sh- Khan or whatever her name was. Shaka, Shaka Khan. Shaka Thank Khan. You. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Rufus and Shaka yeah, Khan. Yeah, I couldn't um, think of it. Yeah. And no, that had nothing to do with Prince. What do she- I know? Sheila E was. Sheila E. There you go. Uh, was Pete Escovedo's Here's daughter. There's the door. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pete Escovedo's daughter. Pete Escovedo was a famous percussionist, okay. and that's why she was a, a, gotcha. a really good percussionist to, as well. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, New Kids on the Block was 89. Yeah. I thought they came out in 90s. Or maybe I might be thinking of uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, which yeah. I'm not surprised if they're not on here. Yeah. That Spice be... Girls, 96. Yeah. I did mention that earlier, and I'm mm-hmm. not surprised, too. I mean... You don't hear anything about them like anymore no. either. Hanson ninety seven. I'm not surprised. Right. But same thing though. Like they, these are all well, not all of them, but some of them are one hit wonders. Like you hear nothing about any of these people anymore. That's correct. Backstreet Boys. They. I think they still put on shows. I think ninety eight. Wow. And InSync was ninety nine. Wow. And JT was obviously clearly the most successful. He's arguably, I think, one of the last uh, triple threat. You know, what I mean, actor singer. I enjoy him more as an actor than yeah. than a oh musician. yeah sure sure. I think he's a, a and, and a dancer. Actor. Yeah, I mean, like, because yeah. I mean, I don't really feel like other than maybe like Fred Astaire and like Gene Kelly. I feel like they were like the last ones, you know, up until I think JT, in my opinion, that is, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, maybe, maybe John Travolta. I don't know because Greece, maybe I don't know. Saturday Night Fever, man. Yeah, he yeah. had the disco moves. Yeah, because otherwise you don't you don't hear about triple threats anymore like right. that often. Britney Spears mm-hmm. in two thousand, of course. 
Uh, oh, God, Jonas Brothers, yikes. Yeah. But I'm not surprised, 2007. Miley Cyrus, 2007. I mean, mm-hmm. she's pretty crazy now. Oh, Justin Bieber was 2009, so I was close. I said 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was... Yeah, he was 13, damn. Yeah, yeah. One Direction, 2012, so we're turning into the crap music now, and right. they're, they're the last ones. All right. Yeah, and it's completely <laughs> yeah. corporate. Yeah, it's yeah. just... It starts turning bullshit, I'd say, probably maybe after, like, New Kids on the Block, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and just all those boy bands. Yeah. Um, there's very few that I was like, okay. Because yeah. once again, they're, they're vocalists and, yeah. and they're good dancers. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to take too much away from people that are just vocalists because look at the Temptations. Look at the OJs and the Spinners yeah. and uh, Four Seasons and the, yeah. and the Four Tops. And, or maybe like Diana know, Ross and the Preens. Or uh, the Miracles. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. All those Motown artists, all that stuff was mm-hmm. written by Holland Dozier Holland or most yeah. of it was written by Holland Dozier Holland and played by the Wrecking, not the Wrecking Crew, but... Um, what was the name of the in-house band at Motown? The Funk Brothers, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I said, I, I really don't want to take away from people that don't write music because um, there's plenty of, of great, talented um, vocal groups. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, that was our uh, take on Top 25 Teen Idols and... Uh, it really started to turn into crap. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm which, glad which is, yeah. you know, basically kind of restates our point yeah. through the whole thing. It's a pretty good the, conclusion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. It was very solid. It was one of the last little tabs that I had pulled up. And I was like, let me I'm check glad, this out. I'm glad you did that. Right? Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for sticking around. Thank you for the love and support. Thank you, Mark. Thank All you. right. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Thank you, as always, everybody, for the love and support. Episode 116 coming at you. I... <laughs> pretty much didn't expect to squeeze in an episode today. I was talking to my buddy Mark. I was like, look, I'm going to be going out. I already let you guys know, my audience, that, hey, I was going out, but I'm glad he came over and I'm glad we squeezed this one in. As always, thank you for the love and support, everybody. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. By all means, you can always email me if you want, my uh, personal, or you can email me, uh, well, my mill one if you want, tyler.glazebrook at cvn72.navy.mil, or uh, if I have Wi-Fi, by all means, send it to my other emails that I gave you guys before. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Be out Be safe out there. I can't even fucking speak English here. What else is new? All right, everyone. Thank you.